When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Undercover Ops. We're back on Friday. I'm packing. I'm getting ready to drive back to Minnesota. I got a 16-hour trek on Saturday morning, so we're here getting it in tonight. We got a good episode for you, and we're talking about the NFC South. Before we jump in, please do us a huge favor. Head over to Caesars Sportsbook. The link is in the description, and we know not everyone's been on there. So we know how many people listen, and we know you haven't been jumping in. So jump into Caesars Sportsbook. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD15. We got them to push it up to $1,500 first bet insurance, not $1,100, $1,500. You got to use Underworld15 as the code. The NBA Finals are over. Tampa Bay is playing Colorado in the Stanley Cup Finals. Do you like hockey? Do you not? It's all right. The NFL is nine weeks away, but you got to jump in on these win totals. You got to jump in on these divisional odds, these conference odds, the Super Bowl odds. You got to jump in. The one thing I did realize this last week while talking to Dario, we're working on, I'm working with Aaron and, and Dario on the on the newsletter, on this different things here and there, and editing the draft kit, doing all this stuff. Caesars added highest and lowest scoring offenses in 2022. So if you have projections, if, if you make your own projections, you can do this as well. But using Dario's projections, if you go to playerprofiler.com, go to the draft kit, top of the screen, it's called Fantasy Draft Kit, click on it, get that. Dario has Tampa Bay as the highest scoring offense in football during the 2022 season. If you like that, you can go over to Caesar Sportsbook, use the promo code Underworld15. Dario has Tampa Bay as a 1.3 touchdown favorite to lead the NFL in scoring in 2022. They're at plus 800 right now on Caesars. And they also have the lowest scoring offense. The lowest scoring offense, according to Dario, is Chicago 3.6 touchdown favorite. 3.6. It's not even close. He thinks Chicago is going to be the lowest scoring team in football. You can get them at plus 700. That's plus 800, plus 700 uh, on two very interesting odds that I have never seen the highest and lowest scoring offenses as a, an, a your ability to bet on that in 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 football and sports books, anything. So it's a very interesting thing to bet on. If you like Tampa, if you hate Chicago, go hit that on Caesar Sportsbook. Use the promo code Underworld15. But let's jump in like I just talked about Tampa Bay. 1.3 touchdown favorite, according to Dario, to lead the NFL in scoring in 2022. Why is that? Well, Chris Godwin, obviously, is likely to miss 10 weeks. I would assume he maybe misses 10. The bye week is in week 11. They play Cincinnati, um, New Orleans, San Fran, Cleveland, Arizona, Carolina, and Atlanta to finish it out. Should you be drafting Chris Godwin in 2022? The answer to that in redraft and best ball it's probably not. If you're doing it in best ball, you're going to have a very low exposure to him because of the odds that he plays eight to 10 games and can help you. If you do draft him, it's going to be at an extreme value because the chances that he plays before week 10 
uh, with the buy, let's see, the buy is in week 11. The chances he plays before week 11 is, is, you know, 20, 20%, 30%, somewhere in that range. He comes back. They're going to be an eight, nine, seven, eight, nine win team. By the time that happens, of course, they have those big games. Like I mentioned before down the stretch, if I had to bet, you see a full, you know, even if it's not a full 100% Godwin, it's going to be the week 12 through the week 17, week 18, Atlanta. I mean, obviously it's not a fantasy week, but you're going to get five, six weeks out of Godwin. But what are those five, six weeks going to look like? It's going to be Cleveland, New Orleans, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Arizona, going through the fantasy playoffs. And this offense is likely to be humming. You got Mike Evans. There's not a lot that needs to be said about Mike Evans. He's just back to 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 back thousand yard seasons. Russell Gage comes over from Atlanta. 352 routes and 93 targets last year. I think Russell Gage fits so well in this offense. And, you know, if you've been following anybody on Twitter, you'll know how important Russell Gage is to best ball right now. And that is because with Godwin presumed out for most of the season, or you know, the first at least half, Russell Gage being in that Tom Brady slot role, going off the board in round 7 slash 8, 7-12 right now, his ADP's moved up 19 spots over the last 30 days. You have to be targeting Russell Gage in all formats of best ball right now. And in redraft, he's going to be a huge piece as well because Godwin's going to be out. So it's going to be a lot of Tyler Johnson. You're going to get some Jalen Darden. You're going to get some Scotty Miller, some Cyril Grayson. But I would assume it's going to be Tyler Johnson probably playing in that Godwin role. So it's going to be Mike Evans and Gage getting the majority of targets with Johnson getting, you know, three, four, five here, there. Johnson's also a guy you can throw the dart on late, late in best ball, 18th round. I'm talking 17th round, 18th round. Scotty Miller I've drafted a few times just because of his deep ball ability. But at running back, again, it's Fournette, 180 carries last year with 84 targets. Vaughn, 36 and 8. They had 101 vacated carries coming from, uh, you know, Ron John, who went to Kansas City. Vacated targets, it's Gronkowski, 89, AB, 62. I'm moving under the impression that Gronk's probably going to come back during the camp. Um, I got some sources down in Tampa. Uh, they're friends with a couple of tight ends in the tight end room and a backup quarterback. And they, they're like, well, we don't really want him to come back. We do because we'd like to play with him, but we don't because we're going to lose our job. But the, the feel around Tampa is that Gronk's going to be back. So I'm looking forward to that as well. I think Brady's obviously going to be like, Hey man, you know, Godwin's out. I just need you to be, you know, full tilt for eight weeks. And then, you can kind of rest and then come back alive during the playoffs. I think I think Brady's going to convince Gronk to come back one more time, one last ride for Gronkowski, and uh, try to win that championship again as well. Um, but as far as the running back room goes, I love Rashad White, but I think Gio's going to continue to be in his pass-catching third-down role. Eight carries and 29 targets last year in a limited role with, with Vaughn there, with Ron there, with Fournette there. And I don't know if Fournette can, can repeat the receiving output that he had last year with 84 targets. And having 180 carries on the ground, I would assume he keeps that 180-ish area as far as carries. They want to keep him fresh, and they want to keep him being a bulldozer, 240-pound bulldozer. Vaughn, I think, takes that next step and goes into that Ronald Jones role. Is he as big of a nuisance? I don't think so because of Rashad. I think Rashad's going to be competing a lot with Keyshawn Vaughn. I think that's why they brought him in. So I think you continue to target Fournette. Brady is Brady. is not a lot that needs to be said there. Let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons, though. And the biggest... I guess target, and I, I talk about this every single week, is prediction strike. Go to prediction strike, use the promo code Underworld for a free player share when you deposit twenty dollars. You might get lucky and get a unicorn. You might get the Kyle Pitts card, and if you get the Kyle Pitts card, I suggest using whatever you deposited and buying more Kyle Pitts. And even if you don't get that Kyle Pitts card for free, 
just go over there, you know, put 20, 30 bucks in and just buy a bunch of Kyle Pitts because right now Kyle Pitts on prediction strike is $2.94 a share. $2.94 a share. He's his stock is kind of like Bitcoin right now. It was six sixty one during the season. It got up to six dollars sixty one cents during his rookie season, playing with Matt Ryan. Obviously, the quarterback situation is 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 a is a lot to be asked with Mariota and Ritter there. But he's the best there is. He's the best there was, and he potentially might be the best there ever will be. As far as this next generation of tight end goes, he's playing receiver. You're seeing a lot of these videos come out in camp. He looks like he's playing receiver. So you're getting a receiver at tight end value on prediction strike, $2.94. He was at $6.61 during the season last year. And you're talking about the, the apples of the world, the Microsofts of the world being $10 and $12 a share. That's Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Go get some Kyle Pitts. Use the promo code Underworld on prediction strike. Go do it. $2.94. Again, week after week after week, we're just giving you these hammers on prediction strike. Go do it. Talk about the Atlanta Falcons. There's a lot to be, you know, it's Atlanta Falcons. It's going to be a bad year. It's going to be a bad year in Atlanta. You're going to get an occasional boom touchdown from, from Cordero Patterson. You're going to get a bunch of jump balls and and red zone targets from Drake London and, and Kyle Pitts. And, you know, you might get a, a long ball to Alameda Zacchaeus here or there. They brought in Demir Bird. They also brought over Auden Tate, who didn't do a damn thing last year or the year before. 500 yards, touchdown in 2019 for Auden Tate. Also, Brian Edwards. They brought Brian Edwards over from the Las Vegas Raiders. 467 routes and 58 targets. He's just like a, uh, what, what, what do we, come on, man. Like it's all there. And, but he's the clasher. He's the, he's the ant. He, he's basically like the, the broke dick version of Drake London. You know, they got this early breakout age and all this stuff, but starting to think that Brian Edwards might just not have it. And I think a lot of people have been on that, but the key metrics we look at that hit more often than not favored Brian Edwards. So going forward, Demir Bird comes over, obviously, 324 routes, 38 targets in the Chicago Bears offense last year, two games with four and five receptions. Olamide Zacchaeus, like I mentioned before, zero games with more than three receptions, but he had 346 routes in the season and 53 targets. Again, I don't really care. You had the, the big dudes. You get the 6'3", Brian Edwards. You get the 6'5", Auden Tate. You get the 6'5", Drake London. And you get the 6'6", super freak Kyle Pitts. That's going to be where this offensive passing game centers around. You got Cordero Patterson, 153 carries last year, 69 targets. Is Cordero going to be able to repeat that, or will Tyler Algier dig into that offense? We saw Mike Davis have 138 carries to Cordero's 153 last season. Will they split again? Is this going to be a, a Dobbins, Gus Edwards situation in Atlanta where it's, you know, I'm not seeing any of these guys have Dobbins' talent, but is Patterson going to take on more of that Dobbins? that's kind of where I'm, I'm leaning there. Like that's probably how it's going to be split. It's probably going to be Patterson in that 150, 160 area. It might get pulled back even more. You're going to have Algier there. Jeremy McNichols had 41 carries last year and 48 targets in Tennessee. Looked like kind of a rebirth of Jeremy McNichols. And then Damian Harris and then Damian Williams with uh, 40 carries and 23 targets in Chicago. But he got beat out by Khalil Herbert. And that really doesn't bode well. Uh, he's aging. He's getting up there. And I don't think he's any better than Jeremy McNichols is. Jeremy McNichols has a cheaper contract. He's a younger, he's a better player overall, point blank. You have Mariota in the run game. It's a very interesting team to see what they're going to do. Kyle Pitts, obviously that 25% target share in last year, 467 routes, 110 targets. We think that increases. We think he's the focal point of this offense. Obviously we think Drake London's going to take a little bit to get going. As far as the games go, not practice, is Pitts hit 30%? If Pitts is 30%, this, like I said, the moon is the limit, not the sky. What is Mariota's role in the passing game, in the running game? You look at the attempts when Mariota was the starting quarterback for Tennessee, 451, 453, 331, 
you never saw the 550, the 600s that we're seeing from a lot of these guys right now because rushing 60, 60, 64. It's safe to assume that's probably where he's going to end up. And I don't love that for anybody really in this passing game except for Pitts because I think they're going to focus on Pitts. Patterson's going to get his out of the care, like the rushing game. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic in how they run this RPO, Mariota, Patterson, London Pitts. I like it, but it's like I, I, I really hate it, to be honest, with fantasy. So the Atlanta Falcons, very interesting team. But let's move on to New Orleans Saints, who are more talked about on Twitter because of the situations that are at play in New Orleans. A lot of people either hate Jameis Winston or like Jameis Winston. I happen to think Jameis Winston is not complete dog water. I think that there's a chance Jameis Winston is, uh, you know, a little bit better than the 30-30 season we saw. Is he more of a 33-18 guy? Sure, but that's good. That's not that's not terrible. It doesn't help that he throws 18 picks or 15 picks, but that's how you score fantasy points. And, and right now we're talking about fantasy points. We're not talking about winning NFL games. If you're if they go 10 and 7 or 9 and 8, and this guy's got 4,000 passing yards and 34 touchdowns and 16 picks, you're going to be a happy fantasy owner of Chris Olave, and you're going to be a happy fantasy owner of, of the either, well, if Michael Thomas plays or Jarvis Landry, you're going to be happy if he does that. And, and that's just point blank. Alvin Kamara, the big question mark, will he get suspended the four games, the, the Las Vegas incident, what happens with the Las Vegas incident? We'll likely see. They brought in David Johnson for a workout this last week. If Kamara is suspended, it's going to be David Johnson, Mark Ingram, you know, the, the Houston backfield of the last couple of years. Puke. Mark Ingram is going to be viable, though, in DFS week one through four. David Johnson probably a pain in the ass, but Mark Ingram is going to be viable week one through four if Elvin Kamara is out because Ingram is going to come in fresh. Obviously, by the end of the year, he's not going to be fresh, but week one through four, he's going to, he's going to give you a couple of weeks. 68 carries, 26 targets last year. They also have Abram Smith, Tony Jones. Tony Jones had 54 carries last year with just eight targets. I think Abram Smith is kind of going to mold into that, that Mark Ingram role. He's obviously got to beat out Tony Jones to get some of those carries, but I think they're going to try and mold him into that number two role, that, that grinder guy in this offense. Looking at the receiver position, obviously Michael Thomas, the, the target shares when he's on the field are, are outrageous, 28, 33%, 27%. I mean, we're just talking about Kyle Pitts being that upper 20% this year. That's that's the that's the Michael Thomas conversation. And if Michael Thomas does not play, if Michael Thomas retires, if he, you know, asks for a trade, if he has surgery on another ankle or whatever the hell happens with Michael Thomas, if he's in, I think this offense is lethal with him and Jarvis Landry on the inside. It's just it's going to be ridiculous. And then you're going to have a lave stretch in the field. And, and you have obviously Marquez Calloway, who's not a terrible number three, number four, and he's going to be playing the number four role in this offense. Traquan Smith is there, obviously. I mean, fuck, man, 50 targets, 50 targets. Just just it's tough out here uh, for, for for the Traquan Smith truthers. But I'm, I'm, I'm also feel like I'm out, I'm out on Traquan, just a situation that's arise. And we saw him last year, 50 receptions back-to-back years, 25 the, uh, two years ago. And then they bring in all this talent. They bring in Jarvis to bring in Olave. And it's like they obviously they're they're not in on on Traquan in New Orleans. 105 vacated targets in this offense, but Jameis should be healthy for the whole season. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Looking at the tight end position, Adam Troutman, 66% snap share, 217 routes on a 66% snap share, and 43 targets. And we obviously love Adam Troutman here, but the question is, you know, we need more red zone first off. We saw Juwan take some of those touchdowns last year, Kamara, Taysom Hill, Vanette, Nick Vanette was hurt early in the year. 
that caused Troutman to block. We talked about this a lot on Uncovered Ops during the season last year. Taysom Hill is the other guy. Taysom Hill is the other guy in this offense that uh, a lot of people like to talk about. My two cents, fuck Taysom Hill in fantasy. I don't want any part of Taysom Hill. Stop with this shit already. 221 career carries, 85 first downs. It's a 38% first down rate. So it shows you where they're using him. When they need a first down, they need a tricky play. You know, they want to trick you. They want to run an RPO. They want to do some bullshit. They bring in Taysom. 16 touchdowns on that as well. So if you add with 221 carries, 85 plus 16, that's 101 either touchdowns or first downs on 221 carries. It's 50% of the time. They bring him in to vault those goal lines, those first down, those important short yardage opportunities where they can create mismatches in offenses and, and make you think, all right, if they're going to throw Taysom, are they going to throw it with Taysom? Or are they going to run it with him? Receiving. Okay, but he's a good receiver. Okay, but prove it. 47 receptions. 22 of them have been first downs. Seven have been touchdowns. So 29 out of 47 balls have been first downs or touchdowns. Again, it's way too volatile for anything in, in fantasy football. Unless you assume he's going to be put in the slot and used six targets a game, four carries a game, unless you think he's going to be in this Debo role, which he's not. If you still believe in Taysom Hill, you're wrong. You're, you're welcome. You're wrong. Because the only reason he's on this team is for these bullshit usage situations that help NFL teams, not fantasy. Quit drafting Taysom Hill in best ball. Quit trying to be cute at tight end. He's not going to give you shit. Leave him on the bench. Leave him on the bench, please. Get out of here with this Taysom Hill shit. Get out of here. I, I don't I don't want to hear any of it. Let's go to Carolina and let's finish in Carolina because I think Carolina is one of the most interesting teams in football. I thought going into the 2021 season, this defense was a year away. I thought, damn, this defense can really take that next step. If this, if this offense can do anything, this defense is going to be awesome. It didn't happen. Defense was okay. We saw Jeremy Chin make a bunch of plays. Brian Burns got paid. Derek Brown's it's a, a, a fucking dog. But on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, we saw the definition of struggle after the first, you know, the first four or five weeks uh, with Sam Darnold was awesome. And then it, the wheels kind of fell off. McCaffrey started to get banged up. Look at the games that McCaffrey played last year. When he was on the field, 16 routes and 21 carries in week one. 27 fantasy points, 24 carries and 12 routes in week two, 24 fantasy points. Got hurt. He comes back in week 10, 21 routes, 13 carries, 26 fantasy points. The next week, these are full games. These are 88% snap shares, 88, 68, 59. When this guy goes over 50%, it's an automatic 20 fantasy points. But the problem is, brother, can you stay on the field? Can you stay on the field? Quit doing photo ops. Quit modeling. Go work out and extend your career. Marshall Falk wasn't doing modeling. LaDainian Tomlinson wasn't doing modeling. Focus. Get healthy. I want to see McCaffrey on the field. Man, he, he shouldn't be in the conversation for the one-on-one right now, given the health, but he is. And that's because the respect that the fantasy community has for Christian McCaffrey. And I love that. I love it because of, we know what he can do, especially from a pass-catching standpoint. If this offense wanted to say, all right, Chuba, Deonta, you're the backs. McCaffrey, you're in the slot. I think, fuck, you could still make a case for McCaffrey to be a first-round pick in fantasy. Is that ridiculous as that sounds? I think it's it's not outrageous. Robbie Anderson tweets out some some uh, cryptic stuff the last week. Maybe I'm going to retire. Maybe I'm going to retire. Well, guess what, Robbie? I don't I don't think anybody really cares to be honest. You know, with what you did last year, weeks one through four, Cooper Cup had 102.6 fantasy points. 
Weeks one through four, the output that Robbie Anderson put on the field, if you put that on a 16-game pace, it was 100.8 fantasy points on the year. That was one of my favorite tweets making during the season on Undercovered Ops, was just talking about Robbie Anderson and how often he was targeted and how low output that he gave to us week in and week out and week in and week out. Playing with Cam Newton in week 10, when he had the full reception, 37-yard, one-touchdown game, and he scored almost as much as he did the prior five, six weeks. I was like, oh my God, we're going to get Robbie Anderson. Oh, fuck. One of the most disappointing seasons of all time for Robbie Anderson. Does he bounce back? Does he? I'm afraid even putting out a small tweet like, oh, I'm going to retire. Maybe I'm thinking about retiring. Tells me you've completely lost any alpha mindset that you had. You've completely given up on the competition. You have Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, and Brandon Zilstra in the room. And you're talking about retiring. You should be. So happy that you have a DJ Moore playing inside and the other side of you. You should be so happy. Is Sam Darnold and Matt Corral that fucking bad that that's what it's making? It's coming to with Robbie Anderson. That's the big question. Because having DJ Moore on the other side of you and Christian McCaffrey, that should take all the stress off of your back if you're Robbie Anderson. Put me on the field, coach. I'm going to be running fly route. I don't give a shit. I'm going to be open because DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. And Robbie Anderson's talking about retiring. Let's talk about DJ Moore, though, because DJ Moore is the dude. And a lot of people are maybe writing off DJ Moore because of situation. And, oh, man, we're just waiting for him to, 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 to break out. You know, you know, he hasn't scored many touchdowns, four touchdowns each of the last three seasons. But you know what he has done? 163 targets last year, 118 in 15 games in 2020, 135 in 2019. And as a rookie, he only started 10 games. He only started 10 games as a rookie, 82 targets, 788 yards. If he hadn't only started 10 games, say he had started 13, 14 games, I think he crests that 1,000-yard that marker. He was 212 yards away from that. He is literally not the new-age Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson had one big pop. He went 1,400 yards with the Blake Bortles. And I don't think Sam Darnold is on Blake Bortles' level. I think Sam Darnold is a lot closer to Jameis Winston than he is to Blake Bortles. Some people might disagree. Don't really give a shit. He's a lot closer to Jameis Winston than he is to Blake Bortles. And DJ Moore is a lot closer to Mike Evans and having that career arc and that talent than he is to Allen Robinson. DJ Moore's a dog. DJ Moore wants it. Allen Robinson has shown the quitter's mentality, the beta's mentality. And he quit in Chicago. He left Jacksonville. He wanted out. He wanted all these situations. But guess who's sticking through thick and thin? Mike Evans in Tampa. DJ Moore in Carolina. Obviously, we've talked about Mike Evans year after 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 year hitting a thousand yards with Jameis, with Fitzpatrick. Now he gets Brady. Hold on, DJ Moore. Hold on through the thick and thin. The PJ Walkers, the Sam Darnolds, the Kyle Allens, the, the Cam Newtons. You're going through all these guys. But I promise you, give it time. Matt Rule will give away this job. And you will be great with a better quarterback similar to Mike Evans with Tom Brady.